0: Martius over Petrangelo, right for Eichel, he shoots
1: and scores! Off the bar it is! Tie game,
0: Jack Eichel, power play goal! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com Stone sets up Eichel across the line. Left wing Barmischoff, Stone in front shot, score on the rebound! First try got stopped. Second time gets through. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
2: Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... Big win for the Vegas Golden Knights over the weekend against the New York Islanders. We're going to get into our game ratings a little bit later on in the program. We'll hear from Bruce Cassidy as well in our number two, one-timers, all of that coming your way in just a little bit. We've also got Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. He's going to join us around four 30 or so. We're going to talk Vegas Golden Knights. We're going to talk injuries. We're going to talk about kind of the outlook for the Vegas Golden Knights as we move into the second half of the season. And, That's where we're going to start here, because I'm kind of surprised that we're already here. The Golden Knights have played 40 games. When they take the ice Wednesday night in Colorado against the Avalanche, we will be exactly through half of this season. And for the Golden Knights, they're just a couple points out of first place in the Pacific Division. All things considered, pretty good, but I'm curious to find out where you all are with this team right now. 7-0-2. 8761340 as we do every single Monday or if it's not a Monday the first show of every single week the first segment it belongs to you and I know we've got a really fancy text line right now same number 7028761340 you can text in but I'd prefer to talk to you I'd prefer to hear from you and there's a couple of really cool things about this segment today number 1 you have an opportunity to talk to Chris Chapman There's not many times over the course of this show that you get to direct a question at Chris Chapman. So if there's ever been something that you've wanted to say specifically to Chris Chapman, now's your opportunity.
0: Oh, I'm here for it.
2: But here's really where I want to get to. The Golden Knights have played 40 games. They are halfway through the year. What's your grade? Like, what do you grade the Golden Knights to the first 40 games? understanding injuries, understanding how they started, and that they're defending a Stanley Cup championship. I'm curious to get an honest assessment from you, the listeners, from you, the fans, of this hockey team. So give me a call right now, 702-876-1340. That's the number if you'd like to join us here on the VGK Insider Show. Let's go out to the phone line, bring in, oh, wow, I'm surprised someone got in before Mike.
3: Let's go to Rick. Hey, Rick, how you doing? Doing well, guys. Thanks for answering the call. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would grade the knights at a at a high B plus.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, only because of the I didn't see the. I mean, in the first couple you know weeks they were playing and eh, okay, but they still were getting the win, so that was good. But I didn't see the passion. You know, I didn't see the the energy, which I think has a lot to do with the hangover of the you know the, the cup. But I'd say with all the injuries and where they are. Especially with getting some of the younger guys some some, you know, rotation in the NHL. I think the I think for the rest of the season they're gonna be an A plus, but right now I'd give them a B plus.
2: Oh, well are are you happy with that, like as a fan, right? Like understanding that they're coming off of a championship. Are you happy with kind of where they're at right now going into the back half of the year?
3: Oh, absolutely. Cause I don't blame them for some of the bad games. Like we've had some some iffy goaltending on some of them, but I think they were injured. And I just think overall it's hard to play that late mm-hmm. into the season and then jump right back on. That's why it was so surprising, you know, the run they went on in the beginning. But I think the law of averages catch up to you, which you guys know that when you play 82 games, things even out.
2: All right, so you said that you have no doubt that it's going to be an A-plus in the back half of the year. What, what do you need to see from Vegas to get there, to, to go from a B-plus to an A-plus?
3: I would just mainly say help. You know what I mean? We, we need to get our goalies because we have the best goalie tandem, you know, in the league. Mm-hmm. And I know they say if you have two goalies, you don't have one. But I disagree with that because you have to have a great backup in the NHL. And I would just say the overall, if we can get over the injuries, and I, I mean, we're the dominant team in the NHL right now. But, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't say that way in the record, but it will at the end of the year.
2: All right. Great stuff. Rick, thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. 702-876-1340. It's your opportunity to give the Golden Knights a grade for the first half of the year. That's right. We are just about halfway through the schedule for the Vegas Golden Knights. They wake up today just two points back of the Vancouver Canucks for first place in the Pacific Division. And I want to know what you grade the first 40 games so far this season. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing?
4: Very good. Ditto to uh, what Rick said. Very good. B-plus and more to follow. I'm not sure better, but I hope Mm -hmm. better to follow. It's going to depend on health, obviously. Uh, So that's a big part of it. I I just heard the other day something that I was not aware of. Uh, I know there's no All-Star game in the Olympic year of 2026. Why is there none next year?
2: Well, I, I believe the the hope for next season is that there's going to be an in-season tournament in terms of the sort of along the lines of a, of a World Cup. So that's generally the sense that I'm, I'm getting is that that's going to be the case for the National Hockey League next year is that you're going to have kind of a, a four-team tournament uh, that's mimicking best on best in terms of uh, World Cup of Hockey, or a, a kind of a, a tune-up, if you will, for the Olympics and for the a full slate World Cup of Hockey to come later.
4: Okay, so no more All Star Game until 2027, uh, which is no huge loss, but it's just something that I was unaware of before. Well, I,
2: again, that that assumes that you're going to the the Olympics in 2026, right? Like. You got to get there first. And so that's that's on the horizon. Hopefully you do, but, you know, take it for what it is.
4: Okay. All right. Now, I, I thought these days were over, but then, then Nita writer goes and signs an eight-year contract yesterday. Uh, are, are these days not over? Are we still signing guys to eight-year deals?
2: I, if guys are... Signing him, yeah, absolutely. I, I wh- why wouldn't you sign an eight-year deal? Like, listen, in the case of William Nylander, we'll get into it in, in just a little bit. Um, he wants to be in Toronto, and he wants to be certain that he'll be there. So you go, you get an eight-year contract on on the books, and you've got a full no-move clause. Like that's the perfect scenario for you if you're that player at eleven point five million dollars. Like, sign that all day long.
4: Well, as a player, I. I get it. I absolutely get it. But Kelly McCrimmon would never sign an eight-year deal with anybody, would
2: he? Why? Well, I, I mean, I, I suppose he hasn't had the, the, the wherewithal to do it yet. But, I mean, Alex Petrangelo signed for seven years. That's the maximum allowable contract for a player coming to a new team, signing as a free agent. So, like, I, you know, the only reason that you didn't go eight years with Alex Petrangelo is because he couldn't. Still a max turn yeah. deal.
4: Okay, well, it just seemed ridiculous and and way out there because, again, not to bag on Eric Carlson, but he wasted some of his years with that long term agreement. And, you know, he didn't have great years. He did have the one great year recently, a couple of years ago. But and then Jonathan Quick wasn't the same at the end of his deal. Now he's revived his career, but
2: that was a 10 year contract coming off of two Stanley cups. Like if there was ever a contract where it's thanks for what you've done, it's Jonathan quick.
4: Okay. yeah, you're right. It's, it's a lot about thanks for thanks for what you've done. I just, I see it with Otani and I see it in other sports, but I'm not sure I see it in the national hockey league. So we'll see. Um, also real quick, um, the, the fact that, um, the, uh, the 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 oh I know what I was going to ask you, uh, the goalies. We were just told by Jesse Granger that when they train goalies in the very early stages of their training, mm-hmm. they get skaters because the goalie tends to be the best skater among the youth. Is mm-hmm. that true?
2: I I mean I I think that you're looking for a great skater when it comes to goaltending. Absolutely.
4: Okay. So, but. People say, "What? Well, why does a goalie need to be a great skater?" And that was the first thing I asked Jesse. I, I didn't know why.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you're skating a lot as a goalie. Like, you know, when you look at some of the t pushes and, and some of the edge work that needs to be done from a goaltender to be able to kind of arrive on time. Be on balance so you're not off balance when a shot's coming to you Uh, a lot of it's predicated on how great of a skater you are or how good and confident you are on your edges you have to be an elite skater to be a goaltender you just do and and there's so much more that goes into the position than just going down and and into the butterfly and hoping that the puck hits you Uh, you've got to be able to skate you've got to be a precision type of skater as well and have great body awareness and and control of your body on those skates in order to get to where you need to, to make your saves. Okay.
4: I'm sure Mallard would echo those words.
2: Well, yeah, I I'm sure he would. I I don't know. Like Mallard's a goalie, but he doesn't seem to like goalies very much. So I'm not sure (laughs) what he would say, to be honest with you, he might be like, eh, yeah, they're okay. But you know, the fact of the matter is Mike, and thanks for the call. Like you, you're looking for as, as you would with anything else, right? You're looking for the best athletes first and foremost, But when it comes to goaltenders, there's a lot of skating that is involved in the position. There's a lot of, as as we talked about, edge work uh, that needs to be honed in and dialed in. And, you know, for goaltenders right now, like I'd say that they're probably one of, if not the best skaters on their teams. It's just a matter of a different type of skating and a different type of of being comfortable and confident with your movements and what you need to do in order to make saves. But skating, incredibly important to goaltenders. Great call there, Mike. 702-876-1340, that's the number. We can get to some text a little bit later on, but as I mentioned, I want to talk to you, I want to hear from you. The Golden Knights, just about the midway point of the season, they've played 40 games when they suit up on Wednesday against Colorado Avalanche in Colorado. They will surpass and get to that halfway point of the year. I want to know what your grade is. I want to know what you grade the defending Stanley Cup champions in a year where they are trying to navigate everything that goes into being a defending Stanley Cup champion. So, what do you grade the Vegas Golden Knights? 702-876-1340. That's the number. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm
5: doing great. How are you doing, Ryan? Oh, I'm good. So I mean I I caught some of Rick's calls, so I think I mostly agree with him. Of e plus, um, and the the big thing that we need is just to manage the players getting healthy, mm-hmm. right? Um, I said it on the post game, and I still stand by it that I think that there were some players that pushed a little harder than they should have, and played a little bit more injured than they should have to be able to be at the Winter Classic. And, like, again, I don't, I don't fault them for that. Like, that's a marquee game, right? I wouldn't want to miss that either. I think that if I were in that position, I would push myself a little harder than I should to be able to make it through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so now there's no more marquee events. There's nothing. Everything else is just a game. Um, so getting players healthy, keeping them healthy. Because obviously we saw with the last game, we can win without all of our big names in the lineup. We can win. Down several players, we can
2: win with our what? Five hundredth defenseman in the line, eleventh. <laughs> um, but yes, yes, points <laughs> well taken. And you know, I'll I'll, I'll kind of go one thir- further. And you know, what you saw on Saturday against the Islanders was getting skill sets back in. Right, like with Shea Theodore out of the lineup, then Caden Korzak out of the lineup, then Ben Hutton out of the lineup. You needed to find another guy that you can plug in that can skate you out of trouble, that can give you, you know, that that approximation of that skill set. And I thought Lucas Cormier came in, did a great job in his NHL debut. Tobias Bjornfoot to me pretty smooth skater in the right place at the right time more often than not in his Vegas Golden Knights debut. And I think that with that skill set, all of a sudden you saw the Golden Knights look a little bit more like they normally do when they're not defending for long periods of time. They're able to get on in on a forecheck and they looked like themselves on Saturday.
5: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, they looked like they were back into that next man up mentality as well. Um, and I know, obviously, you said we have a chance to talk to Chapman today. So I do, in fact, have a question for Chapman today.
2: Oh, sweet. Chris Chapman, you're on the horn. All righty.
5: So, Chapman, I had my first adult learn-to-play session yesterday. When are you signing up for it? Because you keep talking about it.
0: Well, I saw I saw <laughs> you posted the picture, and um, <sighs> I, 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 I thought you looked cool. I'll say that. Um, I was
5: very green. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: Look, 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 look like uh, a cool picture, but uh, I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to sign up to do it. Probably when the season's over, I'll have to. uh... You said that last year. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with, I'll tell, I I will say this getting old sucks. And I'm dealing with, like, it's so weird. Like, I, I, I wake up in the morning and my ankle is like tender and my foot hurts and I'm like, I didn't do anything like what's going on so I gotta wait till at least my foot heels up to to put on a pair of skates and you know what i I, I wouldn't mind getting out there maybe during the bye week how, and, uh, how many times have you skated with your new skates? no comment <laughs> zero I tried to I tried to set it up over the summer with you and mallard and i was uh, I was gone over the summer no no, no there was a point right before we started the show again and oh yeah i i, I it just never materialized but uh so you're blaming us then? No, no, no. I'm just saying. saying. I'm saying you know life gets in the way of of things you want to do sometimes, and so. But maybe maybe during the bye week, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the plans are for the bye week. I'm not going to be here. No, I know you won't. And I know Darren's not going to be here. As far as what the, what we're doing with the inside show, we're we're, yeah. we're hoping that maybe me and Lindsay will fill in again. Okay. Uh, but if there if there is no show, yeah. I'll go out one day and skate. But what Steph. do you mean?
2: What do you mean if there's no show? Okay.
0: Okay. Fine. What does it matter? Stephanie, you know how to contact you have me. Opportunity. No, no, no. You know how to get in touch with me. Set it up. <laughs> I'll, I'll meet you at City National and we'll go skate. We'll do an open skate, and you could laugh at me when I fall.
5: I'm at CNA at least five times a week, oh, every wow. week, perpetually. So you hit me up when there is an open skate or oh, a I, park you want to go well, to. We'll see. You Maybe you it. asked
0: you asked me so. <laughs> You ask me when I'm going to get out there. Always, All right,
5: I'm always here. I'll, I'll, I'll try and I'll try <laughs> and find. I'm literally in the parking lot right now. Oh my gosh! Oh, I'll, I'll look and
0: see when, okay. when there's an open skate, and uh, I'll, I'll 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 hit you up, and we'll, we'll 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 do it. How about that? Absolutely. All right. Thanks All right. so and much I for the call, anybody, Stephanie. anybody
5: anybody who wants to skate, it's fun. I'm 34, and I'm starting hockey, and I love it, and it's great.
2: <laughs> awesome stuff there. Thank you for the call, Stephanie. Thanks for calling out Chapman. I appreciate that. I'm sure Darren Millard. Um, got like a, like a warm and fuzzy when he heard that, that you were getting called out a little bit there on the skating. Now, listen, I think that you're probably putting too much emphasis on it. Like you're not going to fall. No, And no. if you do fall, it'll be okay. I
0: actually, I, I, I don't really fall a lot when I skate. Yeah. I just can't skate very well. That'll be fine. But I did get my, my, my skates baked and, uh, they're, they are and sharpened and
2: you have not been on them since. No. No. So you got them baked. Yeah. And you have not been on them since. No.
0: Do I need to get them baked again?
2: Well, I don't know. No. Did do they we'll feel Did they feel comfortable? No, they we, were fine. here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then you're okay. probably okay. All right. You might like want to, I mean, you could probably just go right out with them, but yeah. you know, maybe they're dull. Where do, where do you have them? Where do you have them hanging out? <laughs> they're still in the box. Still in the box. Yes. Chris Chapman, they're still in the box. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> Stephanie, make sure you call in every week. Yeah. And, and try to light a fire By week. This guy? By week.
0: We'll, you, we'll, we'll do it. Do it next week. Well, I'll, no, because I got I to prepare for my trip to New York next week. So, Bring your skates with you. There's plenty there, of opportunity to skate there. Listen, if, if I had the opportunity to skate at MSG, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I absolutely 100% would get out there and skate. But you won't skate at City National well, Arena. Well, I will on. skate at City. I have skated at City National Arena, oh, yeah. just not with those skates. What if what if we
2: opened up like T-Mobile Arena to you? Just you. Oh my. Would you God. skate there?
0: 100%. Okay. But I wouldn't want to do it just alone. I would want my friends and and Well, I
2: mean like I'll go with you. Okay. I'll, I don't know how we'll figure it out, but I'll go what? with you.
0: We 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 could hook up with the Zamboni guys. I'm oh, sure I'm sure they have yeah. the hookup. I'm sure they do. You name the time and the place, I'll be there. All right. All right. Okay. If we, if, that, if we make that happen, I 100% will, will do that.
2: Chris Chapman, only skates in NHL arenas. I'm big time. Okay, there it is. 702-876-1340, that's the number if you'd like to give us a call and grade the first half of the year for the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Rob. Hey, Rob, how you doing?
1: Hey, guys. I think my grade for the Knights would be a B. Mm-hmm. I, think the, I think the first 15 games they were riding high from winning the Cup. They are running on adrenaline. And then they hit a lull. They looked uh, disinterested in, a, in some games, and they, they got blown out in a couple games, which should, should never happen to a team like that. And, I, and now I think, and, uh, and Bruce understands, it's time now to pick it up. We saw it against New York, which was a great sign. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think the team is a little bored, you know, when you come, it's like playing, you know, $500 a hand blackjack, and then you go to the nickel slots. I just think that they were looking for that adrenaline rush once it was gone. And now I think they understand, okay, we got to turn it back on. You know, we got half the season left. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about getting some players back. I think, I think a B.
2: Yeah, I I don't think that that's necessarily far off kind of from where I would go. I think that you know, you look at where they're at right now in terms of the National Hockey League and certainly in the Pacific Division. Like, they're right there, right, at the top of the division. So you'll take that all day long. But I still think that this team's best hockey is in front of them. Like, I don't think they've gotten to the that 60-minute game. Like, they've had spurts, they've had moments. Uh, certainly the first 12... 12- 15 games, as you mentioned, of the season were, were fantastic just from a compiling points perspective. But, you know, really, as you kind of brought up, and, and we've talked to John Shannon a couple of times about this, like, you go from playing in the most intense game you're ever going to play at this level, and then you've got to find a way to kind of manufacture those moments throughout the dog days of the season. And I think right now, as the Golden Knights get closer and closer to the playoffs— Probably after the bye week, I think that's when you're going to really start to see their game grow in the right direction, similarly to how it did last season.
1: I totally totally agree. I mm. think this team best hockey towards the end of the season and, and definitely in the playoffs, I think that's what they're geared for now as long as they could get you know guys back and get healthy. Mm. I think they're kind of doing maybe what Tampa Bay did. Mm. Not, I'm not saying Coast. But let's be honest, their goal, and you see it a lot in different sports, the regular season is just, you know, just to get there, their goal is when the playoffs start, the real season starts.
2: Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that, Rob. And and thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. It, it's, It's all about getting back there, right? Like you can't. You can't defend a championship until you're actually in the postseason, until you're back in the tournament, until you've been invited to the dance, so to speak. So for the Golden Knights, the objective here isn't necessarily to finish number one overall in the NHL. Would you like to? Absolutely. Do you want home ice advantage in every single round of the playoffs that you go? For sure. And it's not to suggest that the Golden Knights can't get there. They absolutely can. They're they're right there with the likes of Boston and the, and the New York Rangers. And the Winnipeg Jets, who saw that coming at the beginning of the season. But the fact of the matter is, the most important thing for the Golden Knights, the first objective you have to cross off, the first box that you need to check, is to get back into the postseason. And right now, they've positioned themselves in a pretty good spot. But as we've talked about a couple of times here, the hockey needs to get better. They have to put together more of a 60-minute game. Bruce Cassidy's talked about it. And I think that they will. Now, the other aspect of this, and we've heard it from a couple of people here, too, on the, uh, on, on the phone lines. Health is a factor, right? Like, for the Golden Knights, we, we kind of forget that they were dealing with injuries all last season, too. You know, like, Logan Thompson's your all-star goaltender, and he goes out in the back half of the year with an injury. And then you're rolling through and you go five goaltenders deep, right? Like that's what the Golden Knights reality was in the crease last year. Then you talk about Shea Theodore. He missed some time last year. Jack Eichel, he was in and out, missed some time last year. Mark Stone missed the back half of the season last year. The Golden Knights went through a lot of injury issues, a lot of injury moments last season. And they found ways... To win hockey games. They come back out of the bye week. They were fantastic down the stretch. And we all know the rest. You get Mark Stone back for the playoffs. All of a sudden, Aiden Hill and Lauren Brossois are your your two goaltenders. And they get the job done in the postseason. But one of the aspects that we don't necessarily talk about enough in the postseason specifically is just how healthy the Golden Knights were for that entire two months. Like, when you sit back and think about Mark Stone playing every game of the postseason, Jack Eichel, every game of the postseason, right? Jonathan Marchiso, every game of the postseason. Shea Theodore, every game of the postseason. Like The Golden Knights had great success in the postseason because they were healthy. And so I think when you look at this season and understanding the, the issues that are kind of plaguing the Golden Knights right now in terms of their 60-minute game, and then you look at the players that are out of the lineup, like Shea Theodore, as we mentioned, puck-moving defenseman, now William Carlson missing some time with an injury like... There are key players out right now for the Golden Knights, and it's, again, inside of the 82-game season, the grind of this NHL regular season, that's kind of putting the Golden Knights through some of that injury adversity. But at the same time, if you're able to get through that, if you're able to find yourself in, within striking distance, either of the division lead or top spot in the National Hockey League or top spot in the Western Conference, and then you start to get healthy... The hope is that you can hit the playoffs in the same way that you did last year. Playing your best hockey and getting healthier and healthier and healthier. Whereas some teams that you might run up against in the postseason, they might have had a great 82 games in terms of health. They might have been able to get through it with all of their star players feeling pretty good. Only to have some injuries creep up in the postseason. It's all about timing. Last season was a masterclass in timing for the Vegas Golden Knights. They built their game. They grew upon the foundations that Bruce Cassidy put in at the beginning of the season. They had a great start to the year, kind of a, a, a middle-of-the-pack type of uh, second, uh, second quarter so far of the, of the season last year. And then they followed it up by growing their game, getting healthier, and they were absolutely unbeatable in the postseason. It's shaping up kind of the same way here. A great start to the year. It's been a bit of a stretch where the Golden Knights have been about 500 now for a while. And I think that as they get deeper and deeper into this season, they're going to find their stride and they're going to get better and better and better and hopefully healthier, healthier and healthier. Great stuff today on the uh, on the phone lines. Good stuff. Always 702-876-1340. If you want to continue to send in your grades, you can continue to do so on the text line We'll get to some of those later on in the program, but on the other side of the break, we got Danny Webster of the Las Vegas Sun coming up right here on the VGK Insider Show. Welcome back to the VGK Insider Show. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman hanging out with you in the next 90 minutes or so. Chris Chapman just let me know of a breaking trade between the Philadelphia Flyers and the Anaheim Ducks. We'll get into that a little bit later on in one-timer, still endeavoring to get Danny Webster on the program.
0: By the way. Yeah. Regarding this trade, okay, there is some potentially fantastic, funny news to go along with that trade. What? Um, just, I'll, 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 I'll just let you know that Elliot Friedman, oh boy, tweeted out that apparently
2: it's been a busy day for Elliot. One, yeah,
0: was on nighttime at noon. Yes, one of the players involved in this trade mm-hmm. did not want to play for the orga- for one of the organizations.
2: Like for the organization he was traded to?
0: No, for the organization. So uh, this um, Cutter Gauthier, Gauthier, I guess oh that's boy. how you say his name. Yeah,
2: Cutter Gautier.
0: Did not want to play for the Flyers. Okay. And I guess they, he, he just played in the World Juniors. Okay. And they tried to talk to him and find him. And he he wanted nothing to do with them. Just
2: not going to do it. Eh? Yeah. All just right.
0: wanted nothing. To, so I guess uh, they had no choice but to uh, to trade him away.
2: This is fascinating. Can you, uh, can you give Danny a ring one more time? Let's just see if we are able to connect with Danny Webster. I wanted to get Danny's assessment of the first half of the year for the Vegas golden Knights as well. Um, but as, as Chris Chapman just spoke, uh, there is a trade between the Anaheim ducks and the Philadelphia flyers. And this one's interesting for a number of reasons. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird to me. Jamie Drysdale and a second-round pick in the 2025 NHL draft going to Philadelphia for Cutter Gauthier. That's the Anaheim Ducks' return. So An- Cutter Gauthier goes to Anaheim to Philadelphia. It's Jamie Drysdale and a second-round pick in the 2025 NHL draft. Like, Jamie Drysdale is a really, really good young player in this league. However, health has kind of been the big question when it comes to Drysdale. And then you start to think about it from the Flyers' perspective. They got a a, a young, puck-moving defenseman in Jamie Drysdale. You're getting an extra pick, so that helps for sure. But, Chris Chapman, are, are the Philadelphia Flyers, like, trying to lean into this as they believe they're going to be good? Like, at present right now Philadelphia is third in the Metropolitan Division 46 points in 39 games just three points back of Carolina like do the do the Flyers believe that they can make the playoffs
0: here I think they do um I mean I I I don't know the specifics of of well I guess it sounds like they really didn't have much choice but but the trade cutter um so um look I, I I think We've talked about it multiple times on this show that they're ahead of where they're supposed to be. And I I just don't know if you are one of the, If I mean, they didn't give up a lot, right? Like, because you said that they traded... So they got Drysdale and a second-round pick.
2: Drysdale and a second for Cutter Gauthier.
0: And Cutter Gauthier, not part of the team right now. Part of the future. Well, they had anticipated he'd be part of the future. Um, so... I think Drysdale's a good player.
2: He's, so, Jamie Drysdale, first full year in the National Hockey League, four goals, 28 assists, 32 points in 81 games. That was 21-22 as a 19-year-old. So, again, gives you an idea of kind of where he leans as far as his game goes. He's more of an offensive defenseman, certainly a guy that can move the puck, can give you those solid minutes. Not a... Not Uh, at the level of a Shea Theodore or a Kale McCall or a Quinn Hughes, but kind of in that type of, in that skill set, so to speak. Uh, But injuries have been an issue over the last two years. He played eight games last year, missed most of the year with an injury, and he's only played 10 games so far this season for the Anaheim Ducks, but he does have a goal, four assists, five points. I think he scored
0: against Golden Knights.
2: Yep. So the fact of the matter is, like, you're the Philadelphia Flyers here. Not only are you getting a second-round pick, but you're also getting a potential defenseman that's going to be perhaps a quarterback on your power play for the for the next five to 10 years like this is a this is a good move for the Philadelphia Flyers
0: yeah I mean it, it, assuming that Drysdale is is healthy um, look he was the six overall pick not too long ago mm-hmm. so the Ducks clearly thought that he was going to be a star and, you know, like you said, injuries kind of derailed his career a little bit, but he's only, what, 21 still? He's going to be 22 in about two, three months. So, um, look, it's it's I think it's a gamble if you're them. But if it pans out, mm-hmm. what what a great player that they would have acquired here. And, yeah. and the best news for for those of us here. He's out of the Pacific Division. So if he did materialize into what I think a lot of us anticipated he would be, we're only going to have to worry about him twice a year.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a great point there. So the, the the as we just mentioned, the Philadelphia Flyers acquire Jamie Drysdale and a second round pick for Cutter Goche from the Anaheim Ducks. That's a trade. We'll, we'll kind of dig into it a little bit more again in one timers. But Chris Chapman, since we don't have Danny on the line, let me get your grade for the Vegas Golden Knights as we talked about at the top of the show we're through about halfway this season and and for vegas as we've we've mentioned here before they're sitting just 2 points back of the vancouver canucks for second place in the pacific division so how do you how do you assess that how do you grade that through the first 40 games of the year for the golden knights
0: well i have to take into perspective that this this is a team that has played 11 defensemen through 40 games they have which I think certainly, when you consider that probably their most dynamic defenseman, in Shea Theodore has missed exactly twenty games, mm-hmm. half the year out of the forty. I think we have to look at the grade from the perspective of hey, they're missing their 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 best or most dynamic defenseman. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not an excuse; it's a reason. Well, hold on. Is he their best defenseman, or
2: I, is he their I, most dynamic defenseman? I think
0: he's. I think he's their most important defenseman okay. because because of what he brings on the offensive end. So, I really like what Alex Petrangelo has done this year. I think Petrangelo has had a phenomenal season. Mm-hmm. Um I just think we're 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 maybe at a point where Petrangelo because he really doesn't have much choice I think the guy needs some time off. Like I think he needs a little bit of a break and he'll get that soon mm-hmm. in the bye week, but he's played a lot of hockey. He's put a lot of wear and tear on his body and I think maybe we're starting to see the effects of some of that but that being said you asked me for my grade and i think when we look at the start i think maybe it kind of um skewed our perception of what this team is a little bit how so well because they were winning games that in some cases they weren't the better team on that particular night their their talent is what rose and i and i look at the game against montreal mm-hmm. here I look at the game against Philadelphia here where I didn't think they were the better team in either of those games, and they won both of them because they were just more talented mm-hmm. than the Flyers and the Canadians. I think they're not what we've seen the last 30 games or so since that hot start, which is a 500 team. Mm-hmm. I think they're probably somewhere in the middle, probably like a 700 hockey team, not a 500 or, or a, a 1,000 um so
2: well okay so Bruce Cassidy said like if you're a 650 hockey team right like a 650 points percentage is elite it's elite like yeah. that there's no other way to look at it it's elite when you are going through injuries when you are you know missing key players you need to find a way to be somewhere in the ballpark of 600 you know like 575 to 600 the golden knights have been closer to 500 than they have been 575 or 600 but when you kind of look through where they're at right now in the standings, and I find this interesting kind of based on what you were just saying, they're a 638 hockey team right now, which I think is what they are, right? Like, I think the Golden Knights are every bit a 23-12-5 and team through 40 games. I think that how they've gotten there has been the tale of two seasons so far. But the fact of the matter is, like, I think the record kind of speaks to what this team actually is. I, like, I don't think they're outperforming where they should be or underperforming where they should be. I think if they hadn't gotten off to an 11-0-1 record and they hadn't had some of the injuries that they've been dealing with, I think if if everyone was healthy and all things being equal, I think they're probably still right around where they are at this
0: point in the season. I, I don't know. I think I think they're probably better than where they are. Like, I think there's been some instances where they've played down to the competition. Maybe mm-hmm. they haven't had some urgency in some of these games against teams that, like, the Anaheim game a couple of weeks ago that I was at oh, out
2: of, out of Christmas.
0: Yeah. Where, okay. where you come off that, I would say, you know, unfortunate road trip where you lose Logan Thompson and Yuri Patera is forced in against some really, really good hockey teams.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they come off the Christmas break and they lay an egg against the ducks. Then they come here and they beat up on the Kings. And then they go to Seattle and they lay an egg in the winter classic. So, I think they've probably lost some games against teams that they're better than in situations that they probably should be winning, but I'll chalk it up to some injuries, too. And, and and like I said, I mean, I don't know how many organizations in this league would win games playing their 10th and 11th defenseman in the organization. This team's doing that. They did that the other night.
2: And there's, there's opportunity here, like with some of the players that we're seeing in red non-contact, like... If Daniil Mayormanov works himself into a position where he can play, you're you're talking about going 12, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you could go deeper than 11, <laughs> and, and that's that's kind of one of the one of the things you have to view this this conversation around is, you know, when you when you look at the Golden Knights, you have to you can't like take the injuries out of it, you know what I mean? Like you can't sit there and say, well, because this team has had injuries, they. You know, we, we, can't, we can't divorce that from where their the record is. Like, You look at missing a, a defenseman the caliber of Shea Theodore. It's going to set some teams back. It just is. And so I think kind of mitigating that, working through that, playing through that has been an area where I think the Golden Knights have been impressive. And not so much in terms of, of, of amassing wins, right? But when everyone was healthy at the beginning of the year, And I say that like knowing that they've only played one game, just one where they've had their full uh, roster. But when they were mostly healthy at the beginning of the year, they picked up 11 out of 12 wins. They were 11-0-1. They just missed out on one point through their first 12 games, and that has allowed them to keep their heads afloat during this stretch where they are missing players, key players at that. And I think that's important. I really do. So we got Danny Webster. Hey, Danny, how you doing, buddy?
6: Doing good, buddy. How are
2: you? Uh, I'm good. So uh, we are doing a a fun little thing here in the first hour of the show. Uh, What's your grade for the Golden Knights so far this season? We're about at the halfway point of the year. What do you grade the Golden Knights' first half?
6: I think overall cumulative, I would give them a solid B. And I think the majority of the grade... Goes from the start of the season when they were eleven oh and one, and I think we could have called that probably an A plus grade and then i I would say it probably dipped to like a C in that stretch where they go twelve, twelve, and four over their next twenty eight so I think you round it up i I'd, I'd give it a B just because I think the start was good enough to at least warrant that high of a grade.
2: so when you look at this team in the back half of the year, like where are the biggest areas where they can improve?
6: I think overall right now, we're looking at probably a team that is just overall tired. Right. So I, I think the areas where you're going to exert a lot of energy, like the penalty kill, the power play things of that nature, we've seen it over the last month and a half. I think that probably the first part that needs to get better. I think five on five overall has still been, fairly good. I think that's probably going to be their biggest strength, even going into the playoffs this year. And then I think ultimately at the end of the day, you just need more consistent goaltending. And of course the injuries to Aiden Hill have kind of prevented that from even happening. So I, I, I think when you look at the totality of it, it's the areas where you're going to extort more energy than you probably would in a, in a regular sense. So I'd say probably special teams at this point would be the biggest area that I think needs to be addressed,
2: which is, wild considering that at one point the golden knights had a top 10 power play and they were number two overall in the national hockey league on the penalty kill um it gives you an idea of how fickle special teams can be and how cyclical it can be as well
6: yeah absolutely and we're we're, like you said the 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 penalty kill at the start of the season was spectacular and and even going back as far as last year it was was good but it wasn't at that elite level and you know neither was the power play but when when you when you see at the time of the year where it started to actually gel, which was the playoffs, and you saw, you know, the Edmonton series starting from there, that's when everything I think started clicking as far as the, the special teams unlocking to their full potential. So I, I think overall in time, when the season gets further and deeper in, when we get to like February and March, that's when we're gonna start grading it on a curve. And even then, if they're still middle of the pack by then, there's still going to be that instance where we're going to look at it and say, well, once they get to the playoffs and they figure it out, then we know what type of team they're going to be.
2: Danny Webster with the Las Vegas sun joining us here on the show to talk a little bit about the golden Knights, bigger picture uh, type things. But if you're looking at it through the lens of learning how to defend a a championship, right? Like we always talk about the national hockey league as being one of the hardest leagues to repeat as a champion. Um, Like How how do you think the Golden Knights have acquitted themselves in trying to figure out where the intensity level has to be on a night-to-night basis in a grind of an 82-game season?
6: I I think ultimately the answer to that lies within the fact of now that they've won, they kind of understand how to address that. I, I think if this was a team that was going on year seven and they had another deep playoff run and they fell short and they didn't win... I think we'd be trying to figure that situation out. It's like, why are they getting to the point where they can't tr- flip the switch and things go in the right direction? I think the fact that they figured out when it takes to win, when it t- what time it takes to flip that switch on, mm-hmm. and then carry that over into you know meaningful hockey when we get deeper into the spring, I think that is ultimately how they're going to be judged, and 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 eventually when you get to the point where you are playing at your best in the games that matter most, I I think you're allowed a little bit of a pass considering the fact that they figured out how to accomplish the goal that they set out to do last season. And will try to do it again this year.
2: So we're getting closer and closer to the NHL trade deadline in March. Do you have, a sense of maybe where the Golden Knights might be leaning if they are looking at this roster, if they're looking at this team now through forty games. Do you have a sense of, of maybe the type of player that you'd be looking to add if you're trying to make your team one or two percent better?
6: Yeah, I think ultimately it's going to come down to maybe another bottom six player that you can plug on the penalty kill, maybe someone who could be a sneaky good addition as for like a third-line checking forward that can kind of attack the net and see what you can get, you know, those tough goals, you know, this time of year. I mean, you look at the guys that they acquired last year with Ivan Barbashev and, and Teddy Bluger. I mean, Barbashev really wasn't, you know, a top-line guy in St. Louis when he was acquired here, and then all of a sudden he becomes a guy that you put on the top line with Jack Eichel. And Teddy Bluger, I thought at the time, was a really sneaky good addition because, one, they had to address the injury to Nick Waugh, and, two, Even when Bluger did go into the lineup when Wall was healthy, Bluger was a great fit as far as killing penalties and, you know, getting to the net and things of that nature. So normally I would think with the Golden Knights, if they're in this kind of a slump and maybe they need to add that other superstar type, or not a superstar, but, you know, a, a guy that you can put with the superstars and, you know, get that kind of offensive production. But I think right now, given the way the roster looks, if you're able to add another guy that can... You know, get, get good production on the forecheck, you know, start attacking the net with, you know, reckless abandon and do it in a way that can get the Golden Knights those goals that, you know, they're really not getting right now. I, I think that might be the direction they're going.
2: Tobias Bjornfoot, you saw his NHL debut on Saturday. I'm sorry, his Vegas Golden Knights debut on Saturday. Lucas Cormier, his NHL debut on Saturday. What did you think of the two newest additions on the blue line for the Golden Knights?
6: Really liked Cormier. I, I thought just the fact that he was able to be that that blue line driver that that the Golden Knights have been lacking for the last little bit with the, with the injuries, you know, to Shea Theodore, to Ben Hutton, to Kaden Korzak, you know, his presence I think and his ability is what the Golden Knights needed, and you kind of saw that, you know, on the power play with Jack Eichel's goal. You saw that throughout the course of the game. You know, and Bruce Cassidy alluded to a few of the hiccups that there were in the game on Saturday, but you know, playing in your NHL debut, they're going to happen. But I also think it helped that he had a veteran presence like Brady McNabb on his on his left side to kind of alleviate those kinds of pressures. Uh, Tobias Youngfoot, I thought, you know, did his role well. He had a lot of good instances where he did, it was first touch, clear. Uh, if they need to get the puck out of the zone, I thought he was very sound. He really didn't make too many mistakes as far as his positioning and his spacing. I thought he was fairly solid you know he's not going to be the you know an offensive dynamo that i think that you know maybe the kings were hoping for back in the day but Mm -hmm. you know he's someone who's going to be very sound at what he does and i think given the situation with the golden knights blue line you know stability and that kind of you know neutral presence is kind of what they're looking for right now
2: all right danny let me let me ask you one very serious question all right who's the best team in the pacific division
6: Hmm. I, you know, I've always been of the firm belief that until the champs are knocked off, they're always going to be the best team. So I, I think, by default, by that logic, I would I would still say the Golden Knights are the best team in the Pacific. And, that, and that's not taking away from what LA has done. That's not taking away from what Vancouver's done. And that's definitely not taking away from what Seattle has done in these last ten games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and Edmonton, of course, they're starting to, you would think, Edmonton's starting to figure things out. But I, I just think right now they're in a slump. But as we saw last year, if they're in a slump, they're going to find a way to get out of it. And if the Golden Knights do figure out a way to get out of it and start playing the hockey that I think a lot of people are expecting, especially coming out of the All-Star break, then I think people are going to start to put the Golden Knights back as the best team in the Pacific.
2: All right, great stuff, uh, Danny. Thanks for jumping on here. I appreciate you taking the time. And, uh, you know, I, I'm i sure you and I will probably chat, like, on Wednesday or something for a pregame show. I don't know, some, something like that.
6: Sounds good, buddy. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah,
2: good stuff. That is Danny Webster with the Las Vegas Sun joining us here to talk a little bit Golden Knights. Um, I, I like to open things up a little bit there with the best team in the Pacific Division. Um, the Edmonton Oilers are interesting. They are in a playoff spot which I said they would do before the the turn of the new year. It didn't happen exactly that way, but Edmonton's right back in it. They're scary, but I don't know that I'm that scared of the Edmonton Oilers. We can get into that uh, a little bit later on in the show as well. Take a break. Come back with more of the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.